G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We are all experiencing a critical life event, an event which is very stressful. We can't control it. We can't predict what's going to happen. And we are all made differently. That means we all handle stress differently. How and why do we respond differently when things don't go to plan or when things are uncertain? When under stress, we express our thoughts, feelings and emotions differently. Our guest today is retired psychiatrist, Dr. Cravilla George. We'll discuss some coping styles and strategies that would help us when life becomes overwhelming. That's Dr. Cravilla George with myself, Britt Ryan, for Focus on the Family, Australia. Well, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Brent. Good to see you again. We spoke last time about mental illness and how the church could do a little bit better and how we can see and help support people going through illness. And we're, we're certainly needing that help now. We're, mm. we're living in a in a crisis and, and it's affecting so many different people. And so I'd like to unpack a little bit more about how do we deal with this uncertainty? How do we deal with the fears and how do you help us navigate this from a theological point of view as well as from a psychological point of view. So, what are we all experiencing? Yeah, we are all experiencing a critical life event. I don't have to say that. We all are experiencing that, an event which is very stressful. And so, when we talk about stress, what is stress? Well, stress refers to experiencing events that are perceived as endangering one's physical or psychological well-being. And the controllability, we can't control it, we can't predict what's going to happen. And I think that actually adds to it, doesn't it? Because we, we can't control. Are we innately control freaks? We like to be in control, and this is something mm. that we are totally, it's out of our hands. Absolutely. I mean, in Victoria, we've had so many lockdowns. You know, we just keep going and on. We don't know what's, and, and so that produces stress. And uh, the third thing is the chronicity. I mean, it's going on and on and yeah. on. Yep. And even with this COVID, people are saying we don't know how many years it's going to go on for. Yeah. So all these are stress-inducing factors. Mm-hmm. But the other thing we need to understand is we are all made differently. That means we all handle stress differently. Right. It doesn't mean that one is weaker or stronger than the other. It is just like physical pain. Yeah. I mean, I personally tolerate a lot of physical pain before I yell out, but that doesn't mean I'm a stronger person. Yeah. Another person, just the sight of a needle, they begin to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we do not say one is stronger or weaker, but we are all different. Mm. And as normal people, uh, we experience a whole load of range of emotions. Yeah, as such a as? result of stress. For example, feeling anxious, worry, fear, these are all normal. Yeah. N- and it's not a mental illness to feel that. Some of us have racing thoughts when we are going through this anxiety. Some have sadness and tearfulness more than normal. Yeah. Others 
have a loss of interest in usual enjoyable activities others find it difficult to concentrate on what they've been able to do before reading or any other there's things. a there's a word that was being buzzing around languishing it sort of encapsulates everything we're just not feeling motivated we're just languishing Listless, yeah uh, yeah absolutely feeling disconnected from the social and relational point we feel disconnected from others yeah so all these are some of the things that we feel and i can go on frustration yeah. irritability others have physical symptoms mm-hmm. that they can have heart rate increasing abdominal problems fatigue others increase of obesity because yeah. you sit and what else can you do you eat food or alcoholism they are saying the rate of alcoholism drug addiction sexual abuse and domestic violence yeah has gone up it's well known mm-hmm. as a result of these times so these are all things that can happen and those who are already suffering from a mental illness it's only got worse during this time Absolutely. as well i mean those who are going through already a depressive illness all these factors will make their depression much worse yeah studies have shown that people with schizophrenia bipolar disorders dementia good example my specialty geriatric psychiatry here's someone who has already got memory problems and is confused about time and yeah. dates and they're now more isolated they've got less stimulus to get yep. them orientated their confusion gets much worse mm. so those who are suffering from mental illness at this time it gets much worse yeah and yeah. if they had other physiological problems like high blood pressure or other illnesses yeah. that has also got worse as well yeah because stress has got an effect on blood pressure yeah in autoimmune disorders all yeah. kinds of disorders that they have and in children i mean this is uh, another area that we need to be cognizant of that children they are saying that the helpline at the moment the youth yeah. helpline has been a great increase of the usage of the mm. helpline by yeah. the young and the adolescent. And what are you seeing in the church at this time? You know, everyone's got an answer about is it the end times and and they're putting labels on it and it's causing a lot of division even in church and where is God and yeah. and then you got the other God is in control. It's no surprise to him, which I firmly believe it. You know, it's not a surprise to our heavenly father that we're going through this, but everyone's got an answer and yes. can actually spiritualize yes. everything. So Absolutely. and that doesn't help everyone going through it trying to make sense of this whole ordeal that we're all suffering from I agree as we talked about last time there are many christians who are there all the time trying to give answers or be solution providers but again what we need is people who understand what many are going through yeah. and walk alongside them rather than saying this is all due to this or that yeah you know as you mentioned i think the example of job which is very good i mean the four friends who came if you look at that story the first four chapters of job they did exactly what we should be doing as christians yeah they sat with job didn't say a word you know grieved with him and then after the fourth chapter they started providing all the answers so they were doing it well at the start <laughs> they were and that's what we should be doing yeah. as christians just coming alongside we often yeah. talk about the greatest gift you can give to someone is your presence yes just to come that's alongside right. them not to solve everything just to no. come alongside them they will remember that you were there absolutely yeah absolutely so how do we respond with all these signs and symptoms that people are experiencing and how do we cope what are some strategies that we can do to deal with all of these 
overwhelming emotions and feelings and experiences. Yeah, look, I can talk about lots of things, but let me look at just two areas especially for today. One is coping styles yep. and then coping strategies. All right. So coping styles, the interesting thing is that there have been studies especially people who are looking at from the faith point of view have said that most of us fall into three different types of coping styles. Yep. The first one is what's called self-directing. And when I look at myself personally, I think I fall into that where the person feels I take responsibility for everything that you happens in life. Take charge. Mm-hmm. Does not wait for supernatural intervention. Find it difficult even to tell my wife's usual complaint is I don't tell her everything that goes yeah. on, you know, that I keep it all inside because you feel, well, these are problems that I have to solve. God has given me the gifts. Yeah. He has given me talents. He has gifted me things. I use those to solve my problems. That's yeah. what's called the self-directed style. Yeah. Now, obviously going overboard in that is not the right thing. I mean, yeah. and, and I've learned over the years, yes, family is important. Wife is important. I need to share even though that's not my normal style, I've probably learned over the years. So then comes the collaborating. And collaborating style is that I need help and will seek it. And seeking help is not a sign of weakness. Yeah. Yep. We should just have a moment on that. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. No, it's not. And we should continue to emphasize that. A lot of people think, you know, if you put your hand up, must be something wrong with you. It's actually a courageous and a brave decision to actually say, I don't have it all together. I need some help. That's right. You're right, Brett. That's something that we need to stress. And personally, I need to stress that for myself because my normal style is self-directing. And not only that I need help, but when I ask for help, it helps others as well. Yeah. That's also important as a Christian. So others can learn from my experience yeah, and what I'm good. going through. So that's the collaborating style. Yep. The third is the deferring style. Now, the deferring style is passive submission. And I'm sure we have all come across people not doing anything. Uh, this is God's condemnation of the world at this time. So God is in control. There's nothing I can do when it's time for all this to go. God will change it. And it is not just feeling helpless, but actively choosing to be helpless. So they don't do anything. Don't do anything. So it's a fait accompli. Yeah. Doesn't matter what I do God or is say. God is in control. Yeah. And so which is the healthiest when you look at that? Probably we all are different, as I yeah. think, that we are made differently. But the healthiest from research is that the collaborating style is yeah. the healthiest yeah. way to go. Our guest today is Dr. Gravella George. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan. Our guest today is retired psychiatrist, Dr. Gravella George. You mentioned earlier about the different coping styles. And yep. now I'd like to unpack a little bit more about the different coping strategies. Sure. Let me share a few. The first is acknowledge. Acknowledge what we are feeling, how we are feeling at this time. God has made us as emotional human beings yep. with feelings. And 
unfortunately, many Christians feel that you're weak if you acknowledge that you're feeling anxious or depressed. Yeah. And I'm sure we've all come across Christians who say, my mother has passed away or my father has passed away. I'm happy because they're now yeah. in heaven with the Lord. But do we not feel sad? You know, someone I have known and got to know and love for the past 50 years is just like saying, I've cut my hand off. Oh, I'm bleeding, but I rejoice in the Lord. You know, the relationship has been cut off. Yeah. We, so we, we need call to that express. denial, aren't we? We need to acknowledge what's acknowledge going on. Acknowledge what's going on. Yeah. That's the first thing. So how do we yeah. do that? Understand it. Maybe journaling psychology says very good thing during this time. Yeah. How I'm feeling to write it down talking to others. And being real, being real with yourself. Yeah. We spoke about last time how the scriptures, especially in the Psalms, lament their feelings. And so they've actually, someone's taken the time to tell and we can benefit from it that they actually went through the depths of despair, but they're acknowledging where they are at, but they know yet they can trust in God. Absolutely. That's a good example of the Psalms of lament mm. that we all know about. Or channeling that into other creative areas. Some people might be drawing some painting, some yeah. maybe using time for gardening. So acknowledging. Secondly, remind. Remind ourselves on a daily basis. This is where our Christian faith, we can all say we are Christians when everything is going well. Yeah, It's when the rubber hits the road yeah. that our faith is really tested. So reminding ourselves that Christ lives us and we are in Christ. There's no yeah. safer place. Then, you know, and we got so many Bible verses, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Psalm 73, 26. If we are in Christ, no matter what happens, we are safe. This is the time when we should be reminding ourselves. Yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. So that's secondly, acknowledge, remind. Thirdly, give thanks. And it's easier to say than done, isn't it? You know, we yeah. talk about give thanks in all circumstances, but, yeah. you know, we have to be very intentional about that. Correct. Acknowledging where we're feeling, but giving thanks that God is there give through thanks. the good times and the not so good times. In everything, give thanks. Find things daily that you can thank God for. I mean, I get up every morning when I wake up. The first thing I do is thank you, God. I'm alive still today. <laughs> Check you know? your pulse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I've got a house to live in. Yeah. You know, I have a warm house in this cold weather. Mm. You know, I've got food to eat. So there are so many things that we can give thanks yeah. God for so we, we could focus on all the things that we can't do, but we should yeah. focus on the things and be grateful for the things that we can do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. There are so many things. Fourthly, relate. Now, God has created us as relational human beings. Yeah. As we know in the creation story, God created the world and he said, this is perfect, what he's created. But then after creating Adam, the sovereign God saying, no, this is not right. Yeah. It's not what good. I've done is not good. And then he created Eve. So we have been created to be relational. And this is a time when it is difficult. I know we can't meet people with the lockdowns, but there are many other ways, you know, telephones we have and WhatsApp. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or Zoom, Zoom meetings which yeah. have taken off. So use the opportunity. And Martin Seligman, who is a well-known psychologist, said other people are the best antidote to the downs of life. And the single most reliable up. Oh, that's so good. Isn't it? Yeah. So we need to protect ourselves from being self-focused and self-preserving. Now, fifthly is contemplating. Contemplate 
and modify habits if necessary. Our hearts and minds are shaped by the information we hear and see around us. And this forms a lens through which we see the world. All of us have got a worldview. Yeah. Every human being has a different worldview. As Christians, we have a worldview, but our upbringing has brought the way that we look at the world. Yeah. And currently, the media is having so much of influence on us. Yeah. In the beginning, when COVID hit, every day I would listen to the radio. What's happening today? How many COVID cases? Now I'm hearing less Turn and off. less. It's the Turn same off. thing that's churned. Yeah. And in the this bias towards the worst news, worst information, the dramatics, which is not doing us much yeah. good. So do you think in our fast-paced world, we just live too fast and we don't stop and just have a moment to contemplate life in general? I mean, it talks about, you know, in Psalms, be still and know that I that am I'm God. God. You know, That's like right. stopping for a moment to think about the bigger pictures and how we are coping and being reflective and being grateful and, and all those things could really help us in this busy and hectic and uncertain times. Times that we are going through. Absolutely, yeah. Brad. Yeah. Sixthly, perspective. Keep things in perspective. You know, in uncertain situations, it's natural all the time for us to think about the worst case scenario. We catastrophize a lot of things. That's right. Now, we have all got used to hearing the term social distancing, but there is something called cognitive distancing or psychological distancing. That is where we, let's say, we are having a heated argument. Let's say it's between your husband and wife. At time we're arguing and our emotions are going up. And then we say things or do things that we regret for later mm-hmm. in the heat of the moment. Yep. So cognitive distancing is a term that's used by psychologists that in that heat of the moment, take a step back. Think through what you're going to say rather than just immediately saying what you feel right. or think. Yep. And then say that. So mm-hmm. both temporarily and Cognitively, take a step back. So similarly, you can also, in the immediate situation, don't react. Go back, think, yep. and then see what's the best way. My That's wife often co- refers to the term, read the room. You know, like get a sense of the room about how you should approach somebody or think before you speak as you've identified. Yeah. And if we did that, it would actually save, save a, a lot, lot of, of heartache out. afterwards, yeah. isn't yeah. it? For yeah. some of the things. So that's what's called cognitive distance. So perspective, overestimating the likelihood of the worst case scenario. What strategies have helped me in the past in similar situations that I can use now yeah. to help me? What is a small, helpful or positive action I can take now that is within my control? There are many things which are not within my control. Yeah. Decisions being made by the premier of the state or yeah. decisions being made by other people. But what is in my control? Yeah, that's perspective. Yeah. Seventh, I talked about cognitive distancing, so I won't go through that again. Yeah. Eighth, pray. Now, again, as Christians, this is a great tool that we have, isn't it? Prayer. Direct line to our Heavenly Father. Who is in control of everything. But we do get those situations where we feel like we just can't pray. We've run out of words. Yes. But yet we're still called to actually include God through every and all situations. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter the words that we say, really, isn't it? I mean, it's God knows even before we speak Yeah. what is in our minds. So mm-hmm. we don't have to verbalize it. So pray. Ninth, rhythm. We should keep our rhythms of life. Is that rhythms and routines? Is routines. That, yep. How about creating a daily routine 
times of quietness ourselves. We are now in families where because of lockdown, we are near each other. Boundaries are being yeah. broken. So we need to very actively in our mind create these rhythms and try to get sufficient sleep. Yeah. Sleep is coming back as a very important thing in every physical mental illness. Sleep is an important criteria. So really, what you're saying is that even though these are to do with the crisis that we're living in, these are really good for our everyday life, aren't absolutely. they? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely. helps us feel more, more normal. More to, yeah. to the fore. Pleasurable activities that we do, which are important. Yeah. Hobbies, interests. And then, tenthly, keep active. Yeah. As I was mentioning which the last if, time. If that's part of your routine, being active right. is Lifestyle factors are increasingly being talked about even for dementia. We talk about the more you're active physically, yeah. it helps cognitively. So it helps emotionally. Mm. So exercise, research concepts that reduces stress and restores the body yeah. when we do exercise. So be active. Eleventh is getting help. Acknowledging when the times come when, oh, I'm going through very difficult times here. All my strategies that I've used is not helping. I'm getting deeper and deeper into probably depression yeah. or anxiety. Be able to acknowledge that and get help. Maybe initially from your church leaders, pastors, and then they can direct and say, well, this is beyond me. You need to yeah. go and see your GP or specialist or whatever. So be willing to get help. Yeah, and I can't emphasize this enough. If, if this is you right now listening to this, and we've said this before, and I don't mind saying it again, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. Yeah. You need to be able to put your hand up and be proactive before you have to be reactive before it gets into a, a crisis. So putting your hand up and saying, I need some help, doesn't make you weak. It actually means that you're identifying where you are and you're identifying that you can't fix yourself, but you need other people in your corner. Absolutely. And finally, Brett, I want to just take a few minutes. I find this helpful. What is called anticipatory stress. We have all been talking about stress mm -hmm. all this time. Actually, more than stress, it is anticipatory stress that is causing a lot of problems in our life. Is that anticipatory stress? Is that fear? Is that yep. that or so, a bit different from that? You see, God has given all of us, human beings and animals, what's called the fight or flight response. Yep. When we have a time of challenge either we flee or we fight yep that's normal that's god given what happens at that time is our body begins to secrete various hormones yep. and, and chemicals adrenaline mainly and corticosteroids mm -hmm. to either fight so our blood flow to our brain muscles increase yep blood flow to our gastrointestinal system reduces at that time because digestion is not the most important when there's a stress. Yep. A reproductive system, blood flow goes down completely because that's not the priority at that time. Yep. The best example I often say is if you see a cat and a dog, yep. what happens? The cat's back arches, the pupils dilate, the hair stands on it, the nails protrude, all either to fight the dog or to flee. Yeah. But the cat when it's not facing a dog, is not lying on your couch or the bed, constantly thinking, what am I going to do if the dog comes? Yeah. Human beings, unfortunately, are the only beings who are constantly doing that. 
and throwing corticosteroid and adrenaline to our system, thinking about climate change, what's going to happen, a nuclear disaster, what's going to happen, my children's education, how am I going to cope with that? Yeah. Uh, uh, what is, is that going catastrophizing? To- is that another word for anticipating stress? Yep, you could use that term. Mm. But what are we doing? We are constantly therefore throwing chemicals into our body which is not meant to. Right. Studies are showing it's affecting every organ in yeah. our body from head to toe. Mm. More diabetes because we're throwing glucose into our system yeah. from our liver constantly. Hypertension because our blood vessels are constricting. Yeah. And now the latest research that I heard about two, three months saying that even Alzheimer's dementia could be due to this ongoing stress and the chemicals affecting yeah. our brain. Yeah. So from head to toe, yeah. it is destroying us physically, mentally, emotionally. So how do we stop that? That is where what I was saying about rubber hits the road. Yeah. As Christians, we have the tools that we talked about. Mm-hmm. We talk about Jesus coming to give us a peace that passeth understanding. What do we mean by that? Yeah. You know, we have prayer to the Almighty God, the yeah. Sovereign Lord. We don't have to go through anyone. Immediately mm. <laughs> we can call him and use all these strategies yeah. that we can. And probably the final thing that we can do to help with this is have an outward focus rather than an inward focus, how we help others going Absolutely. through this. That's right. It takes our focus off of ourselves and our predicament by helping our neighbours, our Don't family really members. Don't get help, but give help. Yeah. That's a good way to finish this. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much again for all of this wisdom. We packed in a lot of information and uh, we really appreciate your experience and your expertise. Thank you so very much, Dr. George. Not at all. You're most welcome. God bless you all. If you or a loved one are dealing with a mental illness, it's not a sign of weakness to put up your hand to ask for help. It's a sign of strength. We would encourage you to speak with someone that you trust, your GP, or alternatively, we highly recommend the Christian Counselors Association of Australia. Their website is ccaa.net.au. To find more resources, including seven ways to improve mental health with your family, go to families.org. On behalf of the rest of the team, I'm Brett Ryan. Thanks for joining us. Please tune in again for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.